0: so sometimes in life right things are really disappointing like you think that some something's going to be this big awesome experience or you think that you're going to get this big gift and it's going to be fantastic and it it turns out to just be a total disappointment right like can anyone relate to just being disappointed about something like yeah like a few people probably everyone um shout out to uh the one person that messaged me who is disappointed when and, and I, I totally relate to this when for work, you have like what you feel like is a really good finished product, and you 're like, "This is awesome, it's so good." And you put it in they 're like, "Yeah, yeah, so like let 's just change all these things it's like that's disappointing. You think that something's going to be great turns out to be really disappointing and um, there's a million examples of that. The one that came to my mind um, is that when Emily and I were on our honeymoon we we decided we were gonna take, it was our honeymoon. We were gonna take one night, it was gonna be special. We were gonna to go to this, like, it was free, so free food, right? Free unlimited food on a cruise. But we thought, you know what? We're gonna do a special dinner. We paid, uh, I'm not sure how much, but it was a kind of a lot of money for this one extra dinner. Um, and it was like, we got all dressed up, right? Like, like, I packed a suit in my vacation. Like, you know it's gonna be something special when it's like in my backpack, right, with my toothbrush suit jacket. Um, and I got the surf and turf, and it's like, oh yeah, steak and lobster, that's, that's gonna be good. Let me tell you, it was the worst meal of the trip. And like, I don't know why. I would've thought that they would've prepared it different or like more special since we were paying extra and dressing up for it. it it was the worst meal of the trip, and uh, that includes the El Rodeo that we had for lunch the day after our, <laughs> our wedding, um, which was really good, though. So, No, no hate on El Rodeo. Um, so anyway, regardless, we were, we were really excited and just a, a little disappointed by how it actually played out. So today, we're going to be talking about something, though, that in a, in a life of disappointments, we're going to be talking about something that's never going to disappoint you. And it's going to be in First Peter. Uh, we're in our First Peter series. We didn't get far, so if it's your first time, don't worry. We're only on verse three, so you didn't. You, I'd say you didn't miss much. It was honestly a lot, and you can go back on the uh, Forge podcast if you want to get up to date. Um, but before we before we jump into that, we're going to say a prayer. Do God, thanks for the Forge. Thanks for just week after week letting us come here, uh, even with the rain that we're all able to get here safely. Um, I pray that as we open your word, uh, that, that we hear you, that you speak to us, that you make your gospel clear to us in a way that's understanding. I pray that, um, that you would speak through me, um, even through my failures and misunderstandings, that, that your message would be properly conveyed, that the Holy Spirit would be in work, would be working in us um, to help interpret your, your word. Thank you. Amen. So First Peter, I'm going to have it on the TV um, as usual. But First Peter 1, we're going to read 3 through 6. Uh, but I'm probably going to cut 6 short because it's more part of uh, where we'll be headed next week. So here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. So that's, that's where we're going to end. We're going to cut six in half. Um, but I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what a living hope is Um, again like Peter has a way of of packing a lot of information in a really small amount of space so um, we're just going to break that down a little bit Uh, so I want to I want to talk about inheritance and specifically I want to talk about inheritance from a cinematic masterpiece um, called Extreme Days I don't know Anyone else? Like, I saw it. I saw it enough for everybody here. So if nobody else saw it, that's okay. You saw it, yeah? That's what I'm talking about. I knew there had to be at least one other, like, right, like Christian parents that was like, watch this movie. It's a good action movie. Um, So it was years ago. So sorry if I get a little bit of the details wrong, but I know the general premise of it. There were these. There were these friends. And they were kind of like surfer dudes, you know, like they were flat broke. They didn't have any money. And one time, one of them got a call that their their grandpa had just passed away and that there's an inheritance waiting for them. For, well, not for the whole friend group, but, you know, for the, for the one guy. And he was like, that's awesome. We got to go, go get it. We got to go make this trip and we got to go get my inheritance. And they're like, we don't have enough money to do this. We can't make this trip happen. And, and he said... We only have to make it one way. We, we don't have to have the money for the whole trip. We just have to make it there because after I get there, I'll be rich and, and it won't be a problem. And I'm inheriting this car and, and it won't matter because I'll be rich and we can just pay for the trip back and we'll drive the new, the new car back. So they make the trip and they get to his grandpa's house and realize that the only thing that was left for him was a beat up Junky old car, and so obviously that's a disappointment. He thought that his grandpa had been this like successful business guy, and um, as it turned out, he was like selling rattlesnake meat, and it just never it never worked out. And all all that was there for them was a car that they probably couldn't even drive. So today, I want to talk about an inheritance, but it's not going to be an inheritance like that. I want to talk about an inheritance that is never going to disappoint. An inheritance that we're going to receive in heaven. An inheritance that can be described as a living hope. And I want to break that down a little bit. Living hope, like, that can kind of be confusing. And to be honest, I've misunderstood what a living hope is for a really long time. Um, And I don't have any problem with that song. It's a great song, but I think it might have contributed... To my misunderstanding of living hope, um, I thought a living hope was just like another term for God or another term for Jesus. Uh, because to be fair, there's a lot of them. Like there's a, a lot of metaphors for what God is. Uh, but that's not actually what we see in this verse. We don't see um, living hope being a capital L, capital H, living hope. But we, we see it actually describing something. Um, and we see that it's uh, describing our inheritance that we're gonna talk about tonight, that it's describing um, you know, what, what we're gonna inherit that's never gonna disappoint us. Um, and I did a little more looking about like the term living hope, because it's still just like living hope. Like, that's, it's still a little confusing. And uh, you, can, you can think of living hope, um, another way to put that, you could put it as a confident expectation. So you can have, it, your inheritance is a living hope. You can have a confident expectation of the inheritance that we're going to talk about tonight. So, so what, is, what is the inheritance? And is it going to be disappointing? What if we get to heaven and we find out that our inheritance is just sitting around and getting rusty, just like um, the old car from the movie Extreme Days? I'll get off that slide. I know it's probably pretty distracting. Um, but what if it's just really not that good and it's deteriorated? Well, we can, we can rest assured that our inheritance is not going to be like that, that that's not going to be the case because Peter, in these short sentences, describes our inheritance and he describes the living hope that we have. Um, and he described it as in three words. Imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, so it's imperishable, it's enduring forever, it's undefiled, it's totally pure, and it's unfading, not losing brightness, vitality, or strength, the inheritance is a living hope, and we can have, we can expect that, and it's never gonna disappoint. And how can this be? Because I feel like it's really hard for us to imagine something that, that are those three words, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, and that's because nothing else in our life, nothing else on earth can be described with those three words. Everything we know, everything we've ever experienced gets old, it breaks, it loses its brightness, vitality, and strength. Um, a lot of people here probably have really nice cell phones. Maybe you don't. Um, and a lot of our cell phones... You're probably noticing that you're not getting the same battery life that you used to. You're probably noticing that there's, your screen is shattered. Um, even the nice things that we have, they're not undefiled. They're not imperishable. They're not unfading. Everything we have breaks. Like, seriously, try to think of anything you know that could fit those descriptions. Anything on earth. And I, and I looked it up, and I was like does anything on earth last forever? And a common thing is like, diamonds, diamonds last forever. Get them. Super valuable. Do you know what diamonds turn into? I didn't know this, but do you know what diamonds turn into? Like, does anybody? They turn into graphite, which is like the stuff in pencils. It's like, I'll take a number two diamond, please. (laughs) But this is different. This living hope is different. Our inheritance is different. And that's because it's protected by something that fits those three words that's undefiled, it's pure, it's unfading, and imperishable. Something that's unchanging, something that's powerful. Our inheritance is kept and protected by God's power. And when When we don't have a perspective of anything like that, I think it'd be easy to be like, "Well, is that even possible? Can, can God actually do that? Is he powerful enough to do that? And I want to share with you a verse. maybe you know it um, because it's in, it's in the very beginning so if, if you open the Bible at all, you've probably read this verse um, and I didn't know that how sciencey tonight was going to get with with Brody. We didn't know each other were sharing that until we got here. But Genesis one one, the very first sentence of the Bible, it says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth." That's the very first thing in the Bible. The very first sentence, and maybe you've heard it so many times that it's like not even like surprising. You're just like, yeah, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Next, and it's like. It's so easy for us to see that, know it, and think over it. But, like, what power does that show us? In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Like, I think about it this way. Scientists scientists spend their entire career, all the money that they have, trying to figure out what we're given in the first sentence of the Bible... They try, to, they try to figure out how something came from nothing. And they, they come up with all these theories. And, um, but, but they still don't understand how something came from nothing. And we get it right in the first sentence of our, of our book. What has the power to create something out of nothing? God created the heavens. And the earth. That's power. I want to give you another verse um, thinking about that power. Uh, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. So that's similar to, to the last one, but I love this imagery we get next. It says, And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. And some translations describe that as stars, that, that God breathed out stars. The sun is a star. And that's power. I I, I looked up, how close can I get to the sun? Like, if if you took out all the other problems of getting close to the sun, like the oxygen and atmosphere, that type of stuff, how close could I get to the sun without burning up and dying? And um, the answer is I could, the closest I could get to the sun is three million miles away from the sun. Any closer than that, I'd be dead. The heat would kill me. And... God is breathing them out of his mouth. That's power. And that's pow- that power is something you can put your faith in. That power is something that you can confidently expect. This inheritance is a living hope. So that sounds awesome, right? Like, how how do I get the inheritance? Like, what do I have to do to make sure that I'm getting this inheritance, that I'm getting this living hope? How do I obtain it? Well, I want to start first by thinking about how you get an earthly inheritance. Um, I've never really inherited anything, per se. uh, but, But, like, what work do you do to get your inheritance? You don't. It's... It's not your work. It's not your things. You do nothing. You don't have to do anything. Somebody else worked for what they had, and then when they pass away, they, they're gifting it to you. It's your inheritance. And our inheritance, our living hope, the thing that we can confidently expect, isn't earned. It's, it's, not the, same, it's the same case with the earthly inheritance. It's not through our own actions. So what does the scripture say? How do we get it? It says, still reading out of this passage, it says, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So our inheritance isn't from our own hard work, but it's from the work of God that he, that he did in bringing Jesus up from the grave. And, and I, think it's, I think it's really interesting to think about just that right there. That this inheritance comes from somebody coming to life. The resurrection of Jesus. Because that, there, there's no other inheritances that are like that. All other inheritances are acquired by somebody dying. When my parents die, as terrible as that is to think about, my sister and I are going to receive everything that they had left. It comes from their death. And it doesn't happen until they die. And it's not the case with our living hope. It's not the case with our heavenly inheritance. It's a product of life. It's been given to us by the resurrection of Jesus, by the life of Jesus. When you put your faith in that, in the God that breathes out stars, It's a living hope. Now, um, I have this written down as the bad news, but I don't think that really properly explains the situation. But um, you're not going to get it right now. That's, that's just the reality. You're not going to get your full inheritance right now. Um, again, going back to the verse, it's going to be revealed in the last time. So your inheritance will come in the last time. And like that sounds like it's kind of a bummer, right? It's like live your whole entire life um, just with disappointing thing after disappointing thing. And it's like, oh, couldn't I I get that now? Wouldn't that that help if I got this one thing that wasn't disappointing, that was never going to let me down? No. Because, you know, why do we have to get it right at the end? But you know it's after the end after getting your inheritance, do you know what comes after that? An eternity. All of eternity. To say that your life's over when your flesh dies is like saying that a caterpillar dies when it turns into a butterfly. It might not be a perfect metaphor, but that's really when, when their life starts. That's when our gross, disgusting worm bodies turn into our eternal butterfly bodies. At the end, at the end, you'll get your inheritance, the living hope. And you can confidently expect that because it's not fading, it's not failing, it's not perishing, it's not turning into graphite. It's being protected and guarded by the power of God. You can look forward to that. On hard days, you can take courage in the eternal inheritance that you're going to receive through Jesus' resurrection. Put your faith in that. The inheritance is yours. So that's all I have for you guys today. In a second, we'll split up into small groups of three or four. And um, I just have one discussion question for you. Why do we value things on earth so much when our inheritance is in heaven?